0: stay
1: afloat is nice be a person you don't want can somebody say me other thing I'm going to do going to do where is a life I
2: mosaic what's going on this is jonathan welcome to our online worship experience we're gonna get started right now so go ahead and grab a seat turn up the volume and we'll see you there
0: grace runs me while I was a slave to sing Jesus died for I <laughs>
1: has broken every chain.
2: Jesus, we just ask that your presence would be with us, Lord. And as we sing these songs, I pray that they wouldn't just be songs. They would be more than that, Lord. These songs would be reflections of our heart, that our hopes and our dreams and our failures and our disappointments would all be wrapped up in these songs as an offering to you. God, we pray that these would just be exactly what we need to sing, to focus on, to help remind us that you are never far away, Lord. And all we have to do is call on your name. All we have to do is give you thanks and recognize that you are good that you are God.
1: And the atmosphere is changing now, for the Spirit of the Lord. all around, that the Spirit of the Lord is here, the atmosphere is changed. i mm-hmm. There's nowhere we can run, there's nowhere we can hide, Lord. Your spirit is always near, your spirit
3: is always near, oh God, friend.
4: morning mosaic man uh, do you realize like how spoiled we are with our worship team Uh, not just when it comes to talent i think we almost have an embarrassment of talent but just uh, their willingness to to work uh, hard to like usher us into god's presence it's just such a cool thing i am uh, so grateful for all of them Uh, before i jump in would you guys pray with me jesus Thank you so much uh, for the ability to be able to uh, gather right now in a different way, Lord. I pray uh, for your presence in each and every room uh, that's tuning in right now, Lord. I pray uh, that you would eliminate the distractions and tune our heart towards you, Lord, uh, that we could experience you uh, in a very real way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, I want to start uh, with what seems like an easy question. What is freedom? What is freedom? Seems easy, right? If you're like me, my my knee-jerk reaction is to say that freedom is the ability to do what I want. That seems like to be the simplest answer I could give. I just, if I can do what I want, that's free. If I can't do what I want, that's not free. Uh, the dictionary says that freedom is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. Same thing, just more words, right? Uh, I saw a Facebook post that had a little girl on the beach with her arms out that said, freedom is uh, being you without anyone's permission. Uh, it's a little cheesy, but similar, right? Uh, George Orwell Uh, Writer of 1984 said, freedom is the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. I thought that was interesting. Al Pacino, uh, his character in The Devil's Advocate said, freedom baby is never having to say you're sorry. Tyler Durden in Fight Club said that freedom is losing all hope. It's kind of depressing. Amelia Earhart said that freedom is no borders, just horizons. Jim Morrison said that the best freedom is being yourself. So he agrees with the little girl on the beach, I guess. Some Americans would uh, say that freedom is, you know, just a picture of a bald eagle or a Bruce Springsteen song, right? Like that's what freedom is. And most of these are some version of I can do what I want, right? Most of uh, what I just read to you is that, right? Different word, it's slight nuance, slight variation, but most of these are some version of that. The common view of freedom is the ability to do what we want. It's about the removal of restraints, right? We have this belief that uh, restriction and freedom have an inverse relationship, right? If you increase restriction, you decrease freedom. And if you decrease restriction, you increase freedom. If one increases, the other must decrease. That's most of the time what we think about this relationship between restriction and freedom. But I want to ask, Is that true? Is it true that if you increase restriction, you decrease freedom uh, at the same rate and vice versa? Is it true? What if genuine freedom is not so simple? What if the equation is a little more complicated than just a simple inverse relationship? Before you answer that, I want to ask the question, where do you get your idea of freedom? And before you answer that, I want to ask, where should you get your idea? Of freedom. Should we be letting Al Pacino and Jim Morrison and dictionary.com define freedom for us? (laughs) I hope you answer no to that. Uh, Even while acknowledging that movies and pop culture probably influence our thinking more than we want to admit. I hope on the surface you want to say no. I hope you uh, have a desire for a deeper source of truth when it comes to uh, what true freedom really is. So we're in this series called Paradox, Finding Truth in Tension. We learned last week that a paradox is something that seems contradictory on the surface, seems like it outright just breaks the laws of logic on the surface. Uh, But if you dig just a little bit, you find some really deep, powerful truth, and we learned that the Bible is full of paradox, paradoxical truth. We have to dig, we have to wrestle, we have to chew on it before we can really get out of it what God wants us uh, to see. So the paradox we're going to look at today is found in first Peter chapter two, and and this is written by uh, the Peter, right? If you you know anything about the disciples of Jesus, this is the Peter, uh, the guy, the the, the loudest one, the one who's always most present. This is the guy much later in his life. He wrote uh, this book. So first Peter chapter two, verse 16, this is what he says, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil, live as God's. Slaves. Now that's a sentence right there, right? (laughs) He starts off with a statement that would make every American proud, right? Live as free people. You know, George Washington and the Statue of Liberty say amen to that. Uh, But then he says something a little odd in the middle, right? Like uh, don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil, which is a little weird, especially if we're keeping our definition um, of freedom, being able to do whatever we want, because that just kind of doesn't make sense. But that's not the most inconsistent part of the sentence, It's the end. Live as God's slaves. (laughs) What now, Peter, right? Like you you drop the middle part of that sentence. If you just drop the middle part of the sentence out and you push the two ends together, you have Peter saying in the same sentence, live as free people, live as God's slaves. (laughs) On the surface, that doesn't make sense. That breaks the laws of logic, right? Either I'm free or I'm a slave. I cannot be both at the same time. We have to dig below the surface. So, so let's dig. Let's dig. What, is, what does Peter mean when he says, live as free people, live as God's slaves? Uh, when my daughter was three-ish, uh, so like seven years ago, um, we had this little fishbowl uh, on our table with a beta fish in it, just a little beta fish. She was back at her old house. Um, she really loved that fish, man. She'd, she'd feed it like way too much food. I'd have to scoop it out because she just dump a bunch of food in there. Uh, she just loved to watch that thing swim. And one day I made the the rookie parenting mistake of leaving my three-year-old alone in a room for longer than five seconds. That's a rookie mistake. By the way, three is worse than two. I don't know if you know that, but two is a lie. That terrible two is a lie. Three is way worse. They're they're smarter, faster, uh, more devious, and much more evil. Three is just way worse. So... uh, huge rookie mistake to leave the room and just think everything was going to be fine. So I heard this crashing noise and I came running in there and I see my cute little three-year-old girl uh, on the floor with this bowl dumped out and the beta fish flopping around on the linoleum floor. Uh, so, you know, I went into like rescue mode, got to save this fish, you know, pop the bowl back up, scooping him in there, putting water back in and like, okay, he's, he's alive. <laughs> And when I got everything kind of together and cleaned up, I said, hey, little girl, <laughs> why'd you do that? Um, why'd, you, why'd you dump the fishbowl out? And uh, she said some version of, daddy, I wanted to let him out so he could be free. So he could be free. Now, I admit uh, that probably came from watching Finding Nemo uh, a few too many times. It was really popular back then. So we were watching it all the time. So, uh, I mean, we're just lucky she didn't dump him down the drain because, you know, all drains lean to the ocean. Uh, but um, she had this idea in her head that the bowl was restricting the fish, right? That, that the glass that held the water was a constraint on this fish, that the fish wouldn't be truly free until he threw off the restraints of bowl and water. But I need to tell you, when I walked into the room and saw the fish flopping around on the floor, gulping for air, he didn't look free. Matter of fact, a week or two after this traumatic event, I found him floating at the top of the very same bowl. I'm pretty sure that he had PTSD and every time he saw the three-year-old walk in, he thought he was going to die. So eventually he just did die. Um, But ultimately, this fish breaking free of his restraints was not freeing at all. The lack of restraint was actually the beginning of the end for this fish. So this idea that, that freedom and restrictions are inversely related with the fish, it didn't play out, right? It, it didn't play out that the, the less restrictions gave him more freedom. That's not the way it worked. Now, we could have done it incrementally, right? We could have got him a bigger bowl. And that would have reduced some restriction and maybe gave him a little more freedom. We could have, you know, actually set him free, you know, in a pond somewhere. Now he's a tropical fish. So we'd have to go way far south. So, you know, find a pond down in Florida somewhere, let him go. Maybe that would increase his freedom as long as he doesn't get eaten by an alligator. I don't know. Um, but, but when you took the getting rid of restrictions too far, there was a point where you passed a line. And all of a sudden, instead of increasing his freedom, it dropped to near zero. The inverse relationship worked until it backfired and then blew up in his face. The fish could not be free of water or bowl. The freest this fish could ever be is inside of water. The fish was beautiful and moved gracefully through the water. Not so much flopping around on the floor. It was in the fish's nature to need the restraint of water. So here's the big truth. Here's the big truth. True freedom is not found in a lack of restraint, but in a finding of the right restraints. True freedom is not found in, in eliminating restraints completely. It is found in, in the right restrictions. A little counterintuitive, isn't it? Now we, we, we think this inverse relationship works, but, but it doesn't always play out that way. You can't just eliminate restrictions completely. Freedom drops to zero. And a matter of fact, there are many cases where restrictions are actually a means to greater freedom. For example, if you uh, have a complete lack of restriction in your diet, you know, hypothetically, if you had that, uh, a complete lack of restriction in your diet, it will lead to less and less freedom when it comes to your physical health, right? If you eat whatever you want, you won't be able to look however you want or feel however you want. A lack of restriction in one area will actually lead to a massive decrease in freedom in another. Another example, if you want to be good with a musical instrument, if you want to be free to play songs and master an instrument, you'll have to add in restrictions in your life in the form of disciplined practice. You'll have to restrict hours upon hours of your life in order to be free on the keyboard or the guitar. Restriction in one area would give you An enormous amount of freedom. The ultimate example is marriage. Uh, If you desire the freedom of a good and healthy marriage, you cannot expect to get that through a complete lack of restriction. Matter of fact, if you take off all restriction inside your marriage, you will end up not free at all. You will end up trapped in a very terrible marriage and maybe a terrible divorce. You will have tons of pain in your life. If you take restriction off, your freedom will drop to zero. Proverbs 6, 27 and 28 says this Can a man scoop flame into his lap and not have his clothes catch on fire? Can he walk on hot coals and not blister his feet? The obvious answers are no. You don't have the freedom to scoop fire into your lap and not have your clothes catch on fire. You, you don't uh, have the freedom to walk on hot coals and not injure yourself completely. If you do those things, your freedom's gonna go down. Your freedom's gonna go down. True freedom is not found in a lack of restriction, but in a finding of the right restrictions. Now, I guess the next question that kind of pops out is why? Why is that the case? Why is it true that freedom is found in the right restrictions? Because our instinct is not that. Our instinct is to say, no, freedom is found in a lack of restriction. Matter of fact, we want that to be true. We want the freedom to be a complete lack of restriction. And we want that kind of freedom. But that's just not the way it works. Why? So if you jump from our paradoxical verse in verse 16, uh, if you jump up a couple of verses to verse 11, Peter says this, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. So Peter's telling us here, first of all, I just want to point out, he says, he calls us temporary residents and foreigners. Uh, He's saying, hey, if you're a Christian, like you don't belong down here. Okay. Your citizenship is in heaven. You're an immigrant down here. Okay. You're, you don't belong here. You're a foreigner on this earth. And he says, hey, keep away from those desires that wage war against your soul. He's saying, hey, not everything you want is good for you. Not everything that, that you have a deep desire for is actually good for you. That's a big deal. Now, James elaborates on this in uh, chapter one, verse 14. James is is Jesus' little brother, little half brother. He says this, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So James says, hey, actually, you know how you always say that you're tempted by the devil? That's not true. It's actually you, you tempt yourself. Your own desires tempt you. And he says, your, your desires drag you away from God more than they drag you towards God. Your, your desires, your natural desires are going to pull you away from God. And then, and then sin comes and then ultimately death comes. That's a huge statement, right? That your desires can be damaging and, and even more than that, deadly. One more verse, and I know I'm belaboring this point, but I'm doing it on purpose. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who can really know how bad it is? So Jeremiah says that your heart is wicked and it lies to you. Your heart tells you things are good when they're not. Your heart produces desires that are unhealthy and hurtful. And you already know that, right? Your heart's lied to you a lot. Your heart, your heart has been one of the biggest liars to you uh, in your entire life, right? Your heart told you it was going to be a good idea to date that person. And it actually turned out to be a terrible idea. Your heart lied. Your heart told you that it was going to be a good idea to take that job or invest that money. And it ended up blowing up in your face. Your heart lied, right? So your heart has actually been the reason for some of your deepest wounds in your life. And that's what Jeremiah is pointing out here. Hey, it's deceitful. It's wicked. We don't even know how bad it is, is what he says. The reason I'm, I'm stressing this idea is because our culture kind of believes the opposite, doesn't it? Our culture believes that if you desire a thing, it must be a good thing. That not following your desires actually hurts you, right? Our, our culture believes that, that if you hold back your true deep desires, that it's going to somehow cause you uh, to not be able to live your best life. Our culture will again and again tell you to follow your heart, that that you have to be true to your heart if you want to live this, this amazing life. Jeremiah would straight up fight him, right? I mean, the consistent message of the writers of the Bible is that you should not trust your heart. You should not trust your desires. If you do, it will damage, it will destroy, it will ultimately lead to death. The Christian perspective is that when man fell into sin, when humanity fell into sin in the very beginning, something broke inside of us. When Adam and Eve first committed that sin, that, that our desires like malfunctioned and now our hearts cannot be trusted. We now have desires that do not line up with design. The compass inside our heart is now spinning. It, it, it cannot tell you true north anymore. Uh, you cannot trust your heart. Now uh every once in a while our culture will get things right though. So you remember the movie Frozen? Uh not the second one, the second one was trash. I'm talking about the first one. Um the first one was pretty good. Uh, so if you don't know, Elsa's the main character, she has these ice powers, pretty cool. Um, and she's told her whole life growing up uh, to, to not use these powers, to conceal, don't feel, right? She's supposed to wear gloves. She's supposed to hide this, this ability that she has. It's a restriction and, and it's an unhealthy restriction. That's not the right restriction. They, they really close in on her uh, and, and it ends up kind of exploding in, in, in a big turning point in the movie. She decides, I'm not going to be restricted anymore at all. And she explodes out of it and she sings the, the famous song, Let It Go. She gets rid of this restriction. Um, And our culture just ate that song up. Our culture loved that song, man. Let it go. Get rid of the restriction. Freedom is found in the complete lack of restriction. Elsa, you go girl. And she went up on a mountain and she made a palace out of ice. And it was this awesome, amazing thing. But ironically, uh, as popular as that song was, two things happened in the movie because she let it go. Right? Number one, she was completely isolated from everyone, including the people who deeply loved her. Her letting go caused extreme, complete isolation. Two, in letting it go, she unleashed a, a, a cold spell, a blizzard on the entire earth that threatened to destroy and kill everyone. So she unleashed a massive amount of pain and destruction by letting it go. Two things. Her lack of restriction led to isolation and destruction isolation, destruction, I think that will play out in your life as well. If you choose to live, to, 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 to give into the temptation to just be free of restriction, to let it go, you're going to ultimately push everyone away from you. If you choose to live a life free of restriction, you will end up with no one close to you. No one. And you will do massive amounts of damage to your own life. And anyone who was close to you, you will damage their lives as well. So Frozen had a good message and, and even better the end man. Um, they have this, uh, the solution to this curse is that her sister actually uh, commits this, this act of true love. And it was this self-sacrifice. She gives up her own life for her sister's life, even though her sister was the one who brought the curse onto the world. Really cool. When uh, movies like that, that touch on the, the deep truth of like the gospel, right? I love that when they're shadows of the truth. Um, I get really excited about that. You can tell, Uh, that have been in quarantine a long time, if I'm talking like emotionally about a Disney movie, by the way, this is trouble. Uh, So a lack of restriction led to isolation and destruction. So here's what we've established so far. True freedom is not found in a lack of restriction, but in a finding of the right restrictions. And the reason is because your desires are broken. You need to have guardrails around your desires because they will cause isolation and destruction in your life. Now, even this now begs another question. If we accept that letting go in our desires leads to destruction. If we accept that true freedom is not found in a lack of restriction, but in a finding of the right restrictions, then what are the right restrictions, right? That, that, that now has to be the question you have to ask, because if you desire to live the most free life, you're now asking, well, what are the right restrictions, right? If, if before you wanted to live a free life, you just thought, well, I need to get rid of all restrictions. But, but now we're saying, no, 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 if you want to be free, you got to find the right restrictions. So that is the question. If I want to be the most free in my life, I have to find the right restrictions. So what are they? Now, Christian, (laughs) I hope you know the answer to this question. Uh, Even if it doesn't always play out in your life, I hope you know the answer to this question. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter seven, starting in verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey is foolish. Like a person who builds house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So Jesus loved to, uh, Speak in, in illustrations and parables. It just brings truth to life. And he says, hey, uh, two people building houses, one on sand, one on rock. Both, house, both houses have storms. That, that, they're not exempt from storms. Both houses have storms. Only one house survives. The house that followed the restriction of building on rock, the house that, that built, you know, they, they, they got rid of restriction and built on sand was destroyed. Less free, more free. And then he makes the comparison to us and he says, "Hey, people who hear his teaching, both people hear his teaching, but only one obeys." Jesus teaching, if you listen to Jesus teaching, if you obey Jesus teaching is like building your house on a rock. It doesn't mean you won't have storms, it means your house will stand. But if you choose to be free of the restriction of Jesus teaching, it's like building your house on sand. It'll collapse. The most freeing restrictions that we can find are doing what God says. The commands of the Bible are invitations to live in harmony with the way God created you and with the way God created the world to work. And that makes sense, right? At least on the surface, that makes sense. Even if you're not a Christian, you would say that, hey, if God created me, then God would be the one who knows how it is best for me to live, right? He would be the one who wrote the owner's manual. He would be the one who would know best. I mean, if he wrote your DNA, he probably has a pretty good idea of how you should live your life. So when God gives commands about relationships and money and sex and forgiveness and work and faith, he's inviting you to live in harmony with the way he created the world to work. They are the most freeing restrictions that you can find. You Christian are a fish and God's commands are the water. And when you choose to live outside of God's commands, man, it's like jumping out of the bowl. And at first it feels great. You're flying through the air free of that stupid water slowing you down. And for a while, it's awesome until you hit that floor and you're rolling around in dirt and dust and gasping for air and drying out with every minute. What felt free at first ends up being enslaving. And what felt enslaving at first was actually the freest you would ever be. The most free way to live is in submission to God's commands. You, you might even say slavery to God's commands to, to live as a free person. You need to be a, a slave of God. Wait a minute, Peter, you genius first Peter 2 16 live as free people, but not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Live as God's slaves. The paradox is true. The greatest freedom is found in living as a slave to God because our God is creator and he knows best. We trust God as creator over and above our broken desires. We use God's commands as the compass, not our heart. Even when the fishbowl feels small and the glass feels thick and the the water feels heavy. We believe that God knows what he's talking about. And those restrictions are designed to guide and protect us and let us live our best life here on this earth. Because this isn't slavery to some tyrant. This is sweet submission to a God who fiercely loves you. And he actually desires for you to be the most free that you can be. That's why he gave the restrictions. He gave you the bowl because he wants you to be, live free inside of it. And he knows outside the bowl, you're not going to make it. So, the theme of this movie has been movie, or the theme of this sermon has been movie quotes, so I'm just going to keep going with that. Uh, in the first Avengers movie, the antagonist is this guy named Loki. Uh, he's invading Earth, only trying to take over, he wants to rule Earth. Uh, And at one point in the movie, he corners a group of people and he forces them to kneel before him. He's got this power trip and he wants them to kneel before him and he makes this speech. Here's what he says. Is this not simpler? Is this not your natural state? It's the unspoken truth of humanity that you crave subjugation. The bright lure of freedom diminishes your life's joy in a mad scramble for power, for identity. You were made to be ruled in the end. You will always kneel. And then this old man stands up and says, not to men like you. And Loki says, there are no men like me. And and then the old man says, there are always men like you. And then Captain America and Iron Man show up and they kick the crap out of Loki. And it's awesome. And yes, I have the whole movie memorized, but the speech has always intrigued me. Speech has always intrigued me. This villain, this, this evil character in this movie makes this speech about human nature And there's a lot of truth in it. He says that the pursuit of freedom, using our old definition, freedom, (laughs) meaning I'm able to do whatever I want. He says that diminishes your joy. And he's right. And then he says that we were made, that we were made to be ruled. And in the end, we will always kneel. (laughs) I always smile when I hear that because it reminds me of Romans 14, 11, And it says this, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me. Every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Loki was up in the MCU quote in Bible verses. You just didn't even notice it. You were made to be ruled. You're not wrong. You will kneel. Not to Loki, not to man, but to God. Because you were designed to. So I'll end with this. <laughs> if this is like not at all appetizing to you, if you're like, "Oh my gosh, like God wants us to be his slaves," like that's terrible. If that's how you're hearing this, um, I, I want you to to know something. God Himself adhered to this idea of freeing restrictions, right? God restricted Himself to a human body. He didn't have to do that. God allowed the restriction of being nailed to a cross and dying for our sins he allowed those restrictions for the freedom that we now have. He accepted restrictions so that we could spend eternity with him. He accepted the right restriction over here for maximum freedom over here. He accepted this himself as well. So it's not that he expects it out of us and then doesn't, you know, kind of sits up in his ivory tower. No, he stepped in and, and, and played the same game we have to play. So, what areas of your life right now are you trying to jump out of the fishbowl? What areas of your life right now are you, um, whether you would actually say it out loud or not uh, is irrelevant. You you are deciding to follow your own desires and say, God, I actually don't think you know what you're talking about. What areas of your life are you doing that right now? Man, I, I just want you to take a minute right now and just break, say, Lord, I I need, I need, I need to follow you. I want to trust you. I want to want to be as free as I can possibly be. I want to listen to your restrictions because I believe you're good. I believe you're wise and I want to do what you want me to do. Do that right now. Pray with me. Jesus, um, it's a crazy concept to believe that freedom is not in a lack of restriction, but in finding the right ones, Lord. And it kind of goes against, really, our, our desires, Lord. And we we want to do what we want to do, Lord. But I pray um, for every person listening right now, Lord, that uh, you, would, you would show them the areas of their life where they're, where they're just doing what they want. You would show them where they're jumping out of the fishbowl, Lord, and you would, you would gently like you do, like this loving creator that you are, bend down and scoop us up and put us back in that bowl, Lord. That the person who knows exactly what I'm talking about right now, Lord, that they would just feel an overwhelming sense of your love and grace and that they would begin to desire your restrictions, that they would desire true freedom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
2: Hey, Mosaic, thanks so much for joining us for this online worship experience. Um, I don't know about you, but I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was awesome. Are we allowed to say that? I think it was awesome. Was it pretty good? I don't know.
4: Super easy. All
2: we do is turn on the cameras, hit record, and we just get solid. One take every Every time. Every time. So anyway. (laughs) <laughs> uh, look out for the bloopers. <laughs> right. So anyways, uh, here's a few ways that you guys can help us continue to be a church for people who don't think church is for them. Um, the first thing is we have an online connect card. And Here's why this is so important. If you are newer to Mosaic, or maybe if you know someone who has recently checked out our stream um, and you want to invite them, uh, go, this, is, this is your way. All you gotta do is send them that link and what they'll do is fill out that card and they can get a free t-shirt.
4: Yes, No t-shirt. one does this. Nobody does this. No one does Exclusive this. Exclusive to Mosaic t-shirts are falling and out of the sky. And it's a nice t-shirt too. It is, it's a good one, right? So anyways,
2: yeah. it's it was designed in-house, it's, we made it.
4: Right, it's our bribe it's to get you to f- give the information. Wants, right. We always have to have t-shirts. Right.
2: Yeah. That's what you guys want, so we listen to you. All right, Absolutely. so that's the first way. The second way, um, is every Wednesday we are doing uh, a midweek worship set. Now, this is so cool because it is meant to encourage you to help us stay connected as a church where we can come together as a church uh, online and still have worship every week. Yep. Um, so now we're doing, you guys are you guys are getting blessed. Two times right. a week, we're getting worship. Spoiled. You guys are spoiled. You For don't real. even know how good you have it. <laughs>
4: For real. Okay. <laughs> Well, what else? I don't know. <laughs> so uh, we we did just launch something new here at Mosaic. Uh, we're using PushPay for our online giving now. Uh, so it's a, it's a new platform. Uh, so just a couple of things. If, if you were giving the old way, we need you to switch over to the new way. So, uh, find the link in the comments and, and get everything switched over. Uh, and if, if you, uh, haven't given or, or it's not a regular thing, man, uh, we, we would love to have you be a part of what God is doing here. Um. So go ahead and check that link out. The cool part about Pushpay Man is it's bigger than just an online giving platform. Definitely. We uh, it it helped us in so many different ways. And one of the things coming down the pipe that we we haven't quite like leaked out yet is we're gonna have our own app here soon. We get it. We which kind of get like, I think that makes us legit. It, it is like legit. we haven't been legit yet.
2: Well, first first it was the podcast.
4: Yeah, the yeah. podcasts were a big deal. By the way, we have podcasts, we have now. podcasts right. now. Right? Apple Podcasts. I think it's on Spotify. No, it's not Spotify. Google, Google. 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 Um, so yeah, we got it. We got a podcast as so well.
2: We have a podcast, and now we have our very own
4: app. Not yet, but soon we will soon. have our very own app. You guys are so spoiled. For real, little. Can you just see the little mosaic logo right there on your it. phone? I can just, see it. It's gonna be. I'm just I'm gonna. Up. I'm just gonna stare gonna at it. You're so just like. I just want to give mm-hmm. to this. It's gonna be amazing. For real. Yes. For real.
2: Hey guys. Well, thanks again for joining us for this online experience. We will see you next time.
4: Next time. la 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 la
0: la 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 la
1: that you're my girl even my parents will never understand me let's go to the skating rink someday
2: see he he gets so salty when he gets so salty when we don't want to use his equipment connect these two lines together
1: we lift our burner high (laughs) we lift the name of Jesus. <laughs> yes, and live in the name of Jesus. Oh, I'll tell you what I want. Whatever they really
3: want. You gonna be able to play that and sing? <laughs> <laughs> never realized how weird your cajon looks. <laughs> <laughs> huevos,
2: huevos, play the huevos. Woo. All right, sounds good. Let's get it, let's get it running.
1: Oh, lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name, yes, happy days, just to pray
2: Any more, or oh, okay,
4: I'm just getting real tired here.
0: Yeah, <coughs> hey,
2: hey, 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 oh. Mike, ready? What's this
0: one?
2: My <laughs> agitated lactose based beverage attracts all the young Mike. Kids, I saw, saw your chest muscles. Flexing and it flexed through your shirt and it was incredible. Do it again. <laughs> Ring up
3: the banner. Ring up, 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 up the banner. The banner. Woo! We are my- <laughs> My bad. Yeah. This is how we do it. Yeah. <laughs>